Come on, anybody been saved in this house today? Anybody? That's what I'm talking about. 1910 Church is all about finding people that are far from God and restoring them to a relationship with him. That's what 1910 stands for here at 1910 Church. We weren't established in 1910. I was the founding pastor, and I wasn't around back then. But uh, 1910 is based off of Luke 1910. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. We are serious about going hard after people that are far from God. And we believe that the times in which we live in these days demand that the church of Jesus Christ rise up as never before and be willing to share the life-changing story of the gospel. Anybody believe what I'm saying? Amen? And so, but listen, we're not about just finding people and introducing them to Jesus. We're also about growing people because, you see, we're called to make disciples, right? We're not called just to make converts. We're called to make disciples. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Read that. The Great Commission. And so we take that serious about raising up people once they say yes to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but we've got so many opportunities for you. Listen, it is hard, it's difficult, it is nearly impossible for you to be engaged and involved in the life of this church and not be growing. There are too many opportunities. You have to want to not to grow. And some of you are there, some of you might be there, but, but listen, the, the, case in point, we, we offer so many different groups around here. And I'm just reminded that, that, that we've got life groups that are available on the connections wall or get connected or get involved. That wood wall right there, we, we have so many cards and opportunities for you. If you want to be a part of a group that runs, you can go run in the name of Jesus. If you want to write about Jesus, you can write about Jesus. But, but we also have study groups here on campus, but we have them off campus as well. And I, I just picked up a couple of cards today because, well, these people, they just look good on the card. This is, this is Matt and Candy Bell. And uh, Matt and Candy are, are starting a group, it says here, on Mondays for single and married parents of middle school and high schoolers. Now, I know that you've got teenagers and you don't have any issues or problems and you don't need any encouragement, most of you. I get it. Your kids are awesome, the model child. You're raising Jesus. I get it. But there might just be somebody else that you know that could, you've got a middle school or a high school say, hey, help me, because I don't know if I can take another day. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to get away, as Southwest Airlines oftentimes promotes and, and says that. So, so Matt and Candy are starting a group. You, you can find their card out there and and, and, sign and, and I'm also, some of you, or maybe you're hearing like, man, I've tried groups and they're all full. No, they're not. Did you know that we have a group that meets every Sunday night here on campus that is always open? There is always room. In fact, I think that we, we could give them this room and that this could be the world's largest life group, 567 seats in this room. So let, let, listen, I just called and I just, all the groups are full. No, they're not. Quit lying to yourself. We, we have a group, this is, I found this, a Bill and Larissa took it. Now, I, I didn't pick it. I didn't pick this card up because of Bill, but I picked it up because of Larissa because she has a sassy hairdo in it. Bill's hairdo is a lot like mine. That's all right. We're bringing ball back, right? But hey, they lead a group every Sunday night called XL, and this is just an opportunity. Maybe you've never been in a life group. Maybe hanging out with other people is just weird to you, and you're scared. There are, there are some weirdos. I get it, but not in this group. 
this group is awesome and it's always open. So if you've not been in a group and you're looking for a group and you want to just check out, when they talk about groups in 1910, what are they like? This is an incredible opportunity. They meet on Sundays at 4 to 5.30. Anyone, all ages and stages. Yes, there is child care. Are you kidding me? I got a 16-year-old that I need to check in. No, it's infants to fifth graders. And so, listen, they're here. And, hey, listen, so I know Matt and Candy, Bill and Larissa, they're going to be around today. And maybe at the Connections area, maybe you guys can be signing autographs and, and passing out, you know, whatever. And, and just, listen, there is no reason. We're about finding and restoring. We want to share with you who Jesus is. But, man, we, we also want you to grow in your knowledge of who he is. Amen. Have you grown any this week? You may feel closer to Jesus this week. 17 people. That's right. That means the other 213 of you got some work to do. It's awesome. Hey, we're in a series entitled Influence and Advancing the Kingdom of God. This word influence is kind of our word for the year here at 1910. We're going to constantly be, be challenging you and f- helping you maybe think creatively in ways that you can use your influence. I mean, listen, there is something in you that God wants to use to make your community better. Do you believe that? There is something in you. And don't let the enemy start talking in your ear saying, ah, you don't have anything you'll never amount. No, no. There is something that God has that he wants to do through you to influence this community. Now, we've talked about influence. We, we started in, in, in Matthew chapter 5 about being salt and light. Remember that? Salt is no good unless it gets out of the... The shaker, right? Yeah, you got to get something. If you want to enjoy something, get it out of the shaker. We believe that we're no good, the church, unless we get out of this shaker. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's a, that, that was a great sermon right there. We're also told that we're to be light. No one lights a lamp and hides it under a bowl or a basket. No, you light a lamp and you expose it so that it can give light to everything around it. Right? That is what we're called to be as believers in Jesus Christ, salt and light. Look at your neighbor right now and say, are you salty? You so salty? Get out of the shaker. We've also talked about and made statements like this, that if we're going to influence, we've got to be willing to go in. You cannot influence a culture from outside. You must go in, right? And for far too long, let's just be honest. Can we be honest? We've been praying about, God, would you change our community far too long? God wants to change the community. That's a stupid prayer. He wants to do that. You know what the better prayer is? Hey, God, why don't you use me to change our community? You see what I'm saying? You don't have to pray, hey, God. No, he wants to do that. That is the heartbeat of God. God wants every man, woman, boy, and girl to come to a saving knowledge of who he is. But he wants to use you. And listen, we cannot influence a community simply by praying for it. We do pray, and, and I'm not again. But listen, I just think it's time for, 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 for the blood-bought, the redeemed to get out and go make a difference. Do something about it. Use and exert your influence. We've talked about how we're created for influence. We're not created for image. We're created for, for influence, right? There's so many people caught up in, I just wonder what everybody's going to say about me, and I'm trying to keep my image up, and, oh, I don't want to, you know. No, no, you were created not for image, but for, for influence. You see, here's the deal. Image only lasts for a lifetime, but influence lasts for eternity. You see, the things that are happening in, on this campus today will, will continue long after we breathe our last breath. 
because people's lives and the gospel of Jesus will be being poured into people who are going to go take it out, and, and that will continue. I'm praying long after we, we've gone. Influence. Image is only for a lifetime, but influence lasts for eternity. Last week we talked about uh, a key, I believe, to us using our influence, and that is service. You see, service is, effective influence is all about service. It's about meeting people's needs. Effective influence is all about serving. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but, but to serve and to offer his life as a ransom for many. Influence. Guys, I'm telling you, can, can you think of the possibilities if we would just exert and use our influence? In fact, I, I want to just kind of show you some numbers this morning real quickly about how, how influence, it, it, when, we, when we really take it to heart and take it seriously and start, start using it, man, we can change the world. So, so uh, you know, in, in this room today, there'll, there'll be about 1,100 people that will come through these doors today. About 1,100 adults and students in this room alone. And, and, and I just started thinking that they had a gentleman in my church send me some statistics on this. And this was, he said, hey, pastor, if, if, if there were just 700 people in our church this Sunday that would, would, would get serious about using their influence to go and impact someone else or influence and change someone else's life. Can you imagine if 700 people serious about living out influence, we could change 700 people's lives today, right? And, and then he says, but, but think about the potential if we continue to go and influence and teach other people to influence as well. After five years, we would have 11,200 people. If 700 people today out of the 1,100 said, you know, I'm going to go influence someone. I want to go influence someone with the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want to teach them to go do the same. And if that continued for five years, look how many people would be influenced with the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, look at this number after 10 years. There would be 358,000. If we would just continue to influence and teach others to use their influence and continue, there's some energy building now. Are you with me? Look at 15 years, 11 million, 468,000. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It just started with 700, but we've continued to tell others. And we've encouraged them to go and do likewise. Hey, look what would happen in 20 years. 367 million people. 20 years. There are a lot of us in this room that still have 20 years in our lifetime. Can you imagine the potential reach of our influence here? If we're using it for good and encouraging others. Hey, what about 25 years? Look at this. 11 billion. Billion. Guys, are you beginning to see something here? It starts with one person, eat up with Jesus, filled with the Spirit, that will go and exert their influence. You cannot influence a culture from the outside. You must go in. And I just believe that when we get serious about living this out, I'm telling you, look at the potential of people saying yes to Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to anybody there? Does that make sense? I love that. Today, I have a, 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 another message in relation to influence that I believe is so important for us to consider. 
And listen, I know that last week I'm kind of setting you up because last week I talked about service and just and serving people is, is, is effective influence. And I really believe that with my whole heart. But, but, but today I, I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to challenge you to go just a little bit deeper. Are you up for a challenge today? Yes. Listen, I, I believe it's great for us to serve. Absolutely. I believe it's great for us to model, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week, this idea of holiness. Come on, somebody. Listen, just a, just a word of warning. Don't come next Sunday unless you're ready because it's going to be strong, and it's not going to be a message for the faint of heart. Um, I'm going to be on point. I, I, I might even sweat. My blood vessels might pop out a little bit. It is a serious, because I believe that what our nation needs more now than anything ever before is for them to be able to see uh, 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 the body of Christ living differently, living holy lives. Anyway, I, I, don't want, I can't get into it with you right now because I got, there, there's something else. But, but I want to share something with you today that, that I'm just going to be honest with you. This might be the hardest message. This might be the one in which I, I think people are okay with salt and light. I think people are okay with, with, with serving and meeting needs. But this message and this topic today is oftentimes where we drop the ball within the body of Christ. And, and today I want to talk about using your mouth when it comes to exerting your influence in the lives of others. You know that you like to talk, right? And, and, and I believe that God, there are times in which God wants us to use our words to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. Are you with me today? In fact, I read a statistic that 95% of Christians have never led a person to Jesus Christ. 95%. Why is that? Now, now I, I know what the argument is. Some, some, most people say, well, I'm not a gifted evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. Well, that may be true, but even though you may not be called to be an evangelist, I would just like to share this with you today. You are called to evangelism. You might not have that spiritual gift of an evangelist, but you are called to this thing called evangelism. You know what evangelism is? Evangelism is simply one person going and sharing with someone else the difference that Jesus Christ has made in their lives. Let me ask you a question. Who's the last person you used your mouth and you shared with them what Jesus has done in your life? I'm not talking about just putting him on display a lot. I'm not talking about just sorry. I'm talking about today. Just say today. Today is about who have you spoken to and told your Jesus story, shared it with? Who have you done that? Jason, are you telling me that Scripture mandates that every believer should evangelize? Are you telling me that Scripture says that every believer, those who are saved, are to go and tell others who Jesus is? Absolutely. Yes. Where I come from, we would say, see. Sí. Yes. That means, yes, you are called. To, and let me just share with you real quickly three reasons that I find why every one of us, are there any, anybody saved in this house? Raise your hand if you're, if you're a Christian. Okay, you're saved. Listen, every one of you with your hands raised are called to do what I'm about to do. You know what scripture says? First of all, the commands to witness are given to all followers of Jesus Christ. They are. Now, we're going to look at this verse next week, but I told you I got a big message. I want to go and share this with you. Look what Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1, 8. I think we have that. We should. 
That's coming up next week, but that's the verse. We are all commanded as believers in Christ to be a witness. This verse gives a command from the risen Lord to all of his followers. And, and, and we looked at a verse last week that Paul mentioned in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Remember last week we said this, we are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back for God. Remember that idea last week? What's an ambassador? An ambassador is a, it's a representative. It's a witness. And every one of us that have said yes to Jesus, every one of us, every one of us who have received him as Lord and Savior, we are called. He is looking to us to go and tell people, hey, listen, we want you to return to God. Come back to God. You see, it's not only apostles that have the ministry of reconciliation and the role of Christ's ambassador. Listen, all of us as believers are called to do this. We're not called, we're not talking about just a set aside office. No, every one of us are called to bear witness as to what Jesus has done in our life. And I believe that means using your mouth. Secondly, I would ask you to consider the example of the ordinary believers in the early church. Listen, every one of us, and I would just have you consider these, the, the people in the Acts church, ordinary believers. You see, as we follow the storyline of the early church, it's obvious that the apostles sought to evangelize and disciple others, right? But listen, if you read Acts, what you're also going to find is you're going to find ordinary believers sharing the gospel as well. In fact, I'm reminded in Acts chapter 8, following the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr in the Bible, we read these words in Acts 8 verse 1. There was a great wave of persecution that began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. So there's persecution happening in the church. And the believers were scattered. Now, what were those believers doing once they were scattered? Well, if you jump down to verse 4 of the same chapter, Acts 8, it says this. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Amen. What? Yes. So, 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 so Johnny, who, who gave his life to Jesus, let's say maybe on after the day of Pentecost, gave his life to Jesus persecution starts in the church. They're scattered. What are they doing? They're hiding in their closets for fear of death. That's not what verse 4 says, is it? It says these believers preached the good news of Jesus wherever they went. Hey, let me make that really simple for you. You know what that meant? They went about sharing the gospel with others. They were telling people wherever they went, I lived in Bernie, but man, now I'm scattered to, to, to Bulverde. What am I going to do? I'm going to start preaching and teaching about Jesus. Or, hey, I, 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 I've been transferred. I'm scattering. I'm running. I'm running to, to, to Big Spring. What am I going to do? Well, I, I'm going to tell people. So that's what they were doing, right? They were telling people. They were preaching the good news, their conversations. It says that that's what they, they were telling people about Jesus, using their mouth. Hey, let me just ask you a question this week. Hey, I want you to think about the conversations you've had with people this week. What have been probably the topics of conversation you've had with folks this week? Probably somebody's talked about politics, right? Anybody talk about, anybody talk about North Korea this week? 
Hurricane, have we talked about a new hurricane? What's its name? Nate, Nate. we talked about Nate, right? Hey, conversations this week, some of you talk about maybe you're frustrated at work. Anybody? Awesome. Staff, anybody raise their hand? Good. (laughs) Some of you probably talked about football or sports, talk about baseball, the the postseason has started in baseball. Hey, listen, I want you, what have your topics of conversations been with people this week? Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have spoken about Jesus to someone this week? Awesome. That's what I'm talking about. If we're not careful, we can talk about so many other things. Listen, Acts 8, 4 says these believers, they didn't go around talking about, gosh, we're so fearful and we're afraid. They were preaching about, listen, do you use your mouth to, to, to exert influence in relation to the difference that Jesus has made in your life? Listen, I'm reminded the chief agents in the expansion of Christianity, when you look in the book of Acts, they appear to be those who, 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 who did not make it a, a professional career. They were normal people. But it was a major part of their life. Men and women who, 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 who earned their livelihood in, in probably some other secular manner. But what you see is them speaking of their faith to everyone they come in, came in contact with. And listen, it was just a, a natural part of who they were. Is it natural for you to tell others about Jesus? Or is it weird for you? Is it hard Does your blood pressure rise? Do you start to shake hives? Do you get nervous? Listen, I want you to know that these were ordinary people. Many of them did not have any theological training. They just had been saved. They'd been touched and they were filled with the Spirit. And they're going out wherever they've been scattered to. And they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And aren't you thankful for that? Because they scattered and because they continue to talk, that's why you're here today. And those, many of you raised your hand and said, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. You know why? Because of them. They continued. They didn't stop. And thirdly, why, why are you called to evangelism? I would just simply have you consider the stewardship of the gospel and what that means for us. Consider the stewardship that the gospel imposes upon us. Look what it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Jesus reminds us of this, that when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. Let me ask you a question. Has there been, have you ever been the recipient of a greater gift than Jesus? Is there any gift that you think compares to, to this one that can give you a life on earth that is off the charts, that is sweet, that is the best life out there. And it's also a life that, hey, listen, by the way, it doesn't end when you breathe your last breath. This is where, is there a gift that you've ever received that is as eternal as Jesus Christ? That's a big gift, isn't it? Consider the stewardship. There is no greater gift than the gospel. And folks, listen, I would say that that there is no greater, we have no greater stewardship than to share that message of the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. That is the greatest thing you can do for someone. 
So we're all called to evangelism. You may not have and scored, I'm an evangelist on a spiritual gift inventory. But make no mistake about it, you are called to tell others the difference that Jesus can make in someone's life. Are you with me? Are you okay so far? Now, now let me shift gears real quick, real quick. There is, there is something that I believe that if we're going to be effective when it comes to influence people with the gospel, there, there is something that we must consider. Look what it says in Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, live wisely. How should we live? Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and what? Attractive so that they will have the right response, so that we, you will have the right response for everyone. Jesus, the master storyteller. Jesus, the master evangelist. He used something that I believe that many of us Christ followers lack today. There's something about Jesus when he, when he spoke of his father in heaven, when he spoke of life, and when he spoke of, of, of following him, there is something that he used that I think so many of us within the church lack today, and it's this word tact. T-A-C-T. Say it. Tact. What is tact? Tact, tact is kind of, it's diplomacy. It's, it's, I believe it's, it's sensitivity. In fact, one definition of, of tact is it's skill and grace in dealing with others. Isaac Newton, you ever heard of him? Not Fig Newton, but Isaac. Isaac said this. Isaac Newton defined tact as the art of making a point without making an enemy. Would you agree with me that we probably need a little bit more of that in the church of Jesus Christ today? We need a little bit more tact. Listen, when it comes to this idea of sharing your Jesus story, when it comes to this idea of evangelism or witnessing, listen, there is a built-in natural offense that is, that, that, I mean, people, are, there's a built-in offense to, to evangelism, isn't it? I mean, when, you, when you're talking to people, they're, they're, listen, it already has enough issues with just the topic that we're presenting. There, there is a built-in offense to the essential message of the gospel. But listen, we don't have to make it worse by being insensitive to people. And far too often this happens. I've watched it, Wade. I've seen it. I've heard it with my own ears. You probably have too. You probably have heard or, or seen a, a, a Christian, a Christ follower, walk up to an unbeliever and start a conversation that maybe sounded something like this. Hey, heathen, do you know that you're going to die and go to hell? Come on, am I talking truth to anybody? Have you, Robert, you ever heard anything similar to that? Listen, might not be the best approach. Remember we talked about that we're in this idea of sales and we're trying to influence people and trying to get them to, to, to buy into what, listen, that might not be the best approach to the gospel. I know that that is definitely not a way to build a bridge with someone, right? And I'm reminded in John chapter four that when Jesus encountered, for instance, the, the Samaritan woman at the well, he asked her a question. You see, Jesus drew her into a conversation, then he engaged her. Listen, evangelism is a dialogue, not a monologue. You know there's a difference there, right? Evangelism is a dialogue, not a monologue. And I believe that the best way to engage a person in a conversation is to listen. 
You see, in starting a conversation, the objective is to build a bridge. That is what we need to do. Hey, ask someone about themselves. You, you know that people like to talk about themselves, right? Is there anybody in here that likes to talk about yourself? Or they like to talk about their kids or maybe some accomplishment in their life, right? Or maybe what they just purchased or, or how big a deer they shot. People like to talk about themselves. And so maybe when it comes to this idea of evangelism, maybe we need to find some sort of a bridge that, that we can start a conversation with. Hey, ask people to talk, engage them, ask them questions. And here's the deal. You don't have to cut them off. Let them finish a sentence. Quit interrupting and sharing your expertise. You did that. Well, hey, I did this. No, just listen. And you don't have to con contradict people. You, you don't have to insult them. Just listen. Now, 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 now yes, sure, there is a place for, for point and counterpoint. And, and yes, we need to, to, in the conversation, defend our beliefs. Absolutely. But listen, no one has the right and no one has ever been argued into the kingdom of God. And you're not going to win someone to Christ by arguing them into his kingdom. I've seen many Christians win an argument but lose a person. I have. And that's not what we're called to be. I would rather win a soul and listen and engage and, 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 and give and take. And, and I believe that as we do this, you're going to know from the conversation of where it's going. You're going to know exactly how to respond with the gospel message. Listen patiently and then respond appropriately. Hey, can I just tell you something real quick? I believe that every conversation you have with someone can be turned towards God. I do. I believe that every conversation you have with someone can be turned to God. For instance, probably the number one question we ask when we engage someone in the conversation is, what? hey, how you doing? How you doing, right? How many of you have been asked that? Anybody been asked that already today? Somebody, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? And most people will say great or fine. It's really not. They're, they're hurting. They're jacked up probably. There's something going on. It's not fine, you know. There's something, but hey, how you doing? Great. And they may say, hey, how are you? Man, can I just tell you? Woo! You know, I sent a message to the staff today. I said, hey, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I am. Listen, the world is crappy in which we live in, right? Can we just establish that? What would happen if we just brought a little zest to it? What, what if we just shook a little salt and made the world a little bit zestier? Well, what if we could just be a, a conduit of a little of excitement and enthusiasm, right? Listen, I know, I know that every one of us in this room have some, some stuff going on in our lives right now. And we can sit there and waller in that, or we can choose to fix our eyes on things above, and we can think about the Father maybe and think about, you know what, man, listen. Life is hard. Let's just, yeah, but listen, hey, every conversation I believe can be turned towards God. 
Man, it's a beautiful day out here, isn't it? Oh, it is, man. Isn't God good by creating this for us? Man, look at that moon. Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude. Whew. God is showing off, isn't he? You see what I'm saying? Every conversation. You might have to listen a little bit. And it may take more than a 15 or 30 second interaction with someone. But, but I believe that if you'll listen, you're going to know the Holy Spirit's going to show you just how you can bring that conversation back towards him. Now, listen, I'm going to be a realist, and I understand this, so please hear my heart. This idea of evangelism is is daunting, isn't it? Listen, I know that for some of you right now, this idea of going out and sharing your Jesus story with someone, listen, this world of evangelism, it can be overwhelming. It can. But I want you to know that it's doable. It's, It's sort of like that old question of how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And listen, this idea of evangelism and us going and sharing his story. Listen, what would happen if 700 people today left here, said, you know what? There is one person this week that I am going to use my mouth and I'm going to share Jesus with him. Can you imagine? And then that person went and did this. Listen, but it starts with one. And, And here's what I really believe. God can use every one of us to bring people to Christ. You know that, right? Start where you are. Start within your sphere of influence that God has already given you. Listen, you don't have to get on a plane today to go and practice evangelism. But it's going to happen today at a restaurant that maybe you choose to go eat at. There's going to be a neighbor that's going to be frustrated after the Cowboys lose today, that, that you're going to have an opportunity to, 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 did I just hurt anybody? Listen, you guys haven't responded to anything I've said so far, but when I talk about the Dallas Cowboys, oh, now you get into this. What is wrong with you people? Show some tact. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Thanks. Man, I've been talking to an empty room and now I mentioned cowboys. Like, whoa, now you've crossed the line. People going to hell don't care about cowboys losing. Whoa. Start where you're at. Listen, you've got a certain, and you've heard me share this before. You know, they say on average five people on a first name basis that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So it's not like you've got to go out and find some lost friends. You're already hanging out with them. You might live with them. You might work with them. Might be in the band hall with you or on the sports field. Um, They might be sitting next to you at a coffee shop this week. Listen, just start within your sphere of influence. And, And start, it's really simple. Just start by sharing your own personal story of how Jesus has changed your life. That's it. Just start there. Listen, you, you don't have to have some witnessing plan memorized, and you don't need a laundry list of, of Bible verses to share. Those things are helpful, absolutely. But I'm just telling you, I think what people respond to the most is whenever we just are vulnerable and transparent and just say, hey, can I just tell you, Dwight, 
what Jesus has done in my life? Hey, Bill, you're, you're battling cancer. Hey, why don't you just share with people how, how God has done a work in your life in the midst of that? And because of Jesus, how, how you still have that positive outlook and attitude. And I, by the way, I've been with Bill when he's taking his drip. And you know what he's doing? He's in there ministering to other people. He is. He's hooked up and taking some of the strongest juice you can take for cancer. And he's in there ministering to people. We unplugged one day and he said, hey, let's walk down here and go talk to this other guy. He's a former Marine. You remember that day? We walked down to the opposite end. And just went and talked to this guy. Listen, listen. Just, just share what Jesus is doing in your life. Just, just share that story. I think we overcomplicate the gospel. We overcomplicate this thing called evangelism. And listen, let me just if it were not possible for, for us to lead others to the Lord, then why would he call us to take the gospel into the world? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. A couple of verses of scripture and we're out of here. You guys are awesome. I'm still a little hurt about that Dallas cowboy thing though. <laughs> Look what the word of God says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Listen, God wants to use you to turn people to righteousness. But as you share your story, please, please, please emphasize what Jesus did. You see, there's someone here today, and maybe you need to know this. You know what Jesus has done for you? Jesus gave up his life for us. Jesus paid a price for, for my junk and funk and for yours as well. Uh, a price that required death. You see, that's what Scripture says, that for sin, something has to die. And instead of God wiping us out because of our sin, guess what he did? He sent his only son to this earth whose sole purpose was to die for you. Now, yes, along the way, he spoke of his Father in heaven, and, and he, 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 he shared stories with people. He healed people. But listen, make no mistake about it. Jesus' ultimate purpose for coming to earth was to go to a cross at Calvary and die for you. And he, he paid for, for my junk and funk, and he paid for yours. He gave up his life so that you and I could have a life. A life that on earth that, as I said earlier, that is sweet. It is off the charts. It's the best life out there, right? Are there any Christians in the house that regret, regret that decision? But he also, because of that death and because of the life that he's given me, it's not a life that ends when I breathe my last breath here on earth, but it's a life eternal. It is a life that is filled with the hope of glory of heaven one day. You see... 
Jesus is the only hope that you have for ever getting into heaven. It's not based on whether your parents know Jesus or your best friend. Uh Uh-uh. It's whether you know Jesus as Lord and Savior or not. Your chance of getting into heaven is not based on the good deeds that you do. I'm not saved by my good deeds. But because I am saved, I do good deeds. But it doesn't save me. And they're not going to stand in heaven one day and say, hey, give me a list of all the good things you've done. We'll determine. We'll just kind of take a quick vote. Whether No, no, no. It's, hey, what did you do with Jesus? Did you receive him in your life or not? You see, that's the story. And I know that there's probably someone here today because when I asked for a few moments ago, hey, how many of you are Christians in the room? Not every one of you raised your hands. Now, maybe you're just being lazy. Maybe you hadn't woken up to the Dallas Cowboy joke yet. I don't know. But not every one of you raised your hand. And I just guess it's probably safe for me to say that there's at least one person here today that if you were to breathe your last breath on your way out of here, you would spend an eternity in a place called hell, not in heaven. Because again, it goes back to what have you done with Jesus? I'm not trying to scare you. And I'm praying that, 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 but listen, you've had multiple opportunities to receive this free gift of salvation. Hey, would you make today the day? Don't put it off any longer. Listen, God wants to use us to turn people to righteousness. And as you share your story, don't forget to share what Jesus did. Now listen, we don't save people. We're just simply called to tell, right? Conversion is God's work, correct? He he, he does that. But make no mistake about it. God wants to reach people through people. And he's wanting to use you. So the question I have is, will you use your Jesus influence today? Will you use your mouth And will you speak of the difference that Jesus can make in someone's life? He wants to work through you. In fact, I just want to do this. This is weird. This is crazy. It's crazy. I would love, you know what I'd love for my my email inbox to be full of this week? Not people griping about my cowboy's joke. I would love to hear stories this week of you stepping out and opening your mouth for Jesus. I, I would love for you to share. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking about if somebody says yes to Jesus, but listen, I, hey, help a preacher out. It's Pastor Appreciation Month. Send me some good stories like that. That's the greatest gift right there. I told the gentleman this day to, uh, earlier this morning, he just encouraged me. And can I just tell you something? That is worth more than anything in the world for a pastor just to get a word of encouragement. Really, it is. God made my day today. I wasn't going to come out here and preach because I was in the dumps. But he, I'm just kidding, I was going to. I would love to hear some stories this week of you stepping out and not talking about the weather, not talking about what are we going to do with North Korea, not talking about the Cowboys, whatever outcome. Don't you be sending me that crap either. But I would love to hear some stories about, hey, Pastor, I want to let you know something. My server today at You Fill in the Restaurant was Todd. And I had an opportunity just to 
to share with Todd the difference that Jesus can make in someone's life. I'd love to hear those stories. I'd love to hear that. Would you stand with me this morning? Hey, ministry team, will you come? Because here's what I believe. Ministry team, get ready. Because there's someone here, Wade, Tiffany, there's someone here today that needs Jesus. And if you're here today and you're lost, you know who Jesus is. I want you to come and I want you to tell Wade and Tiffany. Hey, maybe you're here today and hey, Linda, Linda, there's someone here today that needs a, they're going through a tough time and they need a word of encouragement. Will you pray with someone today and kind of encourage them? You will? Hey, Carol, someone here today is going to be afflicted possibly with some sort of ailment. I know that you know that Jesus heals people, right? And I know that you believe that. Hey, there may be someone here today that's battling something. Carol says, come on. I'm going to pray and dismiss us. And as people are running to the exits to go and, and, and shake some salt in the world, if you're here today and we can serve you, we're here today. Rick, are you ready? You ready to minister to people? Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you do. Thank you that you're a life changer. Thank you that you love us. You save us. There is not a disease or ailment in which you can't handle. Thank you that you're with us in the midst of life's difficult situations. Father, thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.